Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and I'm glad that everybody's here. And tonight I have Cherie Shoon with me, and she's going to tell us what led her to be a paranormal investigator and, most of all, what started her collecting haunted items. Hello, Sherry. How are you? I'm good. Good, good, good. Oh, no problem anytime. So what got you into the paranormal world? Well, it basically started, um, well, I was kind of thrown into it, really. Um, It basically started when I was young. Um, We grew up in a place called Fresno, California. And um, Fresno um, has a lot of activity. It's it's really starting to get noticed, um, especially because uh, my sister did a, uh, you know, um, she looked up a lot of the history of Fresno. And uh, it was, I guess, kind of like a gold mining place. And there was like a saloon on every corner, which would kind of, um, uh, it, Sorry, I get a loss for words because I'm trying to think here. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> That's okay. Take your time. Okay. Um, but uh, it explained why we've seen a lot of the things that we did when we were growing up because um, we grew up in a house that had a lot of paranormal activity um, ever since I could remember. Yeah, um, and uh, we actually, uh, I remember one morning, or I should say it was, I don't know, um, 4, 3 o'clock in the morning, we woke up to what sounded like loud glasses being hit on a table and right. um, uh, got up to go look. I, I think I was like about six and my sister was about maybe four. And um, the noises kept waking us up of, of the loud noises and a lot of laughing and talking. And um, we went to go look and it was coming from the living room. <laughs> and when we... Uh, got you know when we looked, uh, it looked like um, what it looked like a saloon. It looked like something out of an old spaghetti western. You know, um, you see around tables. You've seen men sitting around these tables. They had long hair, looked kind of dirty, dusty um, beards. Um, they were smoking cigars or something because there was like smoke all in the air. Cards playing. We heard the shuffling of the cards. We've seen them drinking out these tiny little glasses and then hitting them on the tables, um, seeing um, a bar with a bartender, a, a piano player with, I guess, what would be called a whore, um, and, the, and the whore was singing um, while the piano player was playing. I mean, it was just real, I mean, it was totally extravagant. I mean, just to look at the whole thing, my sister and I just looked at each other and about freaked out and ran to a bed to my bed, and we both got in and just covered our heads because we were freaked. We didn't know what to say. And uh, and I think uh, early that morning, we were supposed to go to Disneyland, and uh, my parents were waking up, and we got up and went to go look in the living room, and um, everything was back to normal. There was a TV tray with a, a deck of cards, and the cards were out of the case on the, t- on the TV tray, and we were just like, hmm. So it was those are a lot of the things that we experienced when we were young. Um, we had apparitions appearing before our eyes, um, literally pulling our pillows from our, you know, when we'd be laying down, would pull the pillows out from underneath our heads. Um, they, there's a lot of things that they would do. And when we were little, we were scared to death. 
and um, we didn't really tell our parents, you know, because we didn't think anybody would believe us. And um, not until we got older. When we got into our teens, we we told our parents. And um, and my dad started seeing stuff, and he actually always seen stuff. He just didn't tell us. Um, but uh, it got to the point where even our friends were afraid to come over because they would see things too. So, I mean, that's kind of what started our path down the paranormal uh, road there. And it wasn't because we wanted to be. It's just that's the way it was. So I can see, hear, and feel them. I guess some people call me an empath, but at the same time, I'm. Uh, it's not just that. There's a lot of things I can... Um, I guess I sense um, sometimes I know things that are going to happen before they happen. Um, dreams, um, I can have a, you know, literally see and have a conversation with uh, an entity. So, um, so you're more like um, a psychic medium per se. That's yeah, what I would I call so. it. Yeah, because um, I. Because of my experiences, it led me to also, um, I'm a Christian now, but it led me to being um, a Wiccan. Um, Probably at the age of 13, I actually started practicing and reading everything I could about it. And this is a girl, I was a girl that went to a Catholic school for nine years, um, run by nuns in Spain. (laughs) So it's kind of crazy. We kept asking, uh, what are ghosts? And they would just ignore us. I mean, not really ignore us, but would actually say, well, they would change the subject. Well, you know, they would talk about something else, and they just didn't want to answer that. And so because we've seen it on a daily basis, we wanted to know what it was. We got tired of being scared. We got tired of being, you know, um, around this and harassed and just just tired of it. So uh, that's when I started looking, you know, reading, going to the library and reading and uh, about ghosts, and it just kind of took me down that road of the occult. And um, right. wound up being a, a Wiccan uh, for about 13 years. Um, actually, when I read, started reading a lot about Wiccan, um, I actually started getting in touch with other people that were Wiccan as well and actually had groups and started started that path. And I actually went into a coven called Morgan. Um, they taught me, initiated me, and then I had my own group and became high priestess of my own group. Um, but I also used um, ceremonial magic. I brought that into my circle, which is a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say conjuring, but it's dealing with um, entities and spirits and even demonic spirits because they were always around me. I mean, they were always there. So I figured, you know, I would take one step further and just go, you know, use, you know, the um, ceremonial magic. And uh, so that's, there's a lot to that, but uh, and of course, towards the end, um, you know, I got out for a lot of reasons, um, and uh, and so now I help other people with their paranormal problems or try to, um, you know, just try to share my experiences with other people. Yeah, I could I could uh, relate to that. I got into being a Wiccan when I was about 21 years old, and I'm a Christian now, so you know I could definitely relate to that. And I myself, I could see spirits, and uh, 
talk to them and hear them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an empath. I'm a sensitive. I do have psychic abilities, and I'm also a parapsychologist. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the investigations that I've been on, I've I've literally sat there and argued with a very nasty spirit one night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not fun. Uh, I've had too many dealings with demons, um, and that was when I was coming out of the occult, and that wasn't pretty. I mean, I got attacked. My kids got attacked, which really pissed me off. Um, my dad got attacked, and he was really strong in the church. Um, so it was amazing that they just didn't like him helping me. That, that really ticked them off. So they, that's why he was getting attacked. And um, but um, but because of my experience dealing with um, demons for a year, um, I really seen the power of God, the power of Christ. It was amazing. I think without that experience, not that it's you know that I I love the experience, but without that, I wouldn't have seen the um, the power of God and of what is really going on because there's a war that goes around us and people don't realize it. You know, we've right. got, you know, uh, fallen angels and then we got, you know, Christ and his angels. And then you got all the people that are lost around that, why they don't go, you know, to Christ or wherever, you know, the light is beyond me, but, you know, it does happen. Um, it's funny, my sister and I were talking about that earlier saying that um, my sister was saying, well, maybe they're not ready to go or maybe they didn't know Christ. And I said, well, I guess there's a lot to be said about that. It's it's very possible. You know, we're going off of our experiences. We don't have all the answers. It would be great. We won't. I think the only time we're going to know all these answers is when we do pass, you know, when we do go to where we need to go. And um, But I think uh, in the meantime, it's... Uh, you know, I, I try to help people the best that I can. I mean, that's why I started my group, um, Creepy Dolls and the Paranormal Experience, um, because of a lot of reasons. You know, um, I love dolls, you know, so I, I collect them and I repair and I restore them. And um, But then also some of them have attachments, you know. it's uh, When I first started collecting, I didn't really... Uh, think about that, you know, I, I, I didn't care about that. I just wanted, I just loved dolls, you know. Um, later down the road, it was like something that I just couldn't deny anymore <laughs> because it was it was there and it was in my face and things were happening. And so it's like, okay, okay, we're going to deal with this now. So, um, but I started the group for a lot of reasons, um, to help people to get past the fear of the unknown, and I don't have all the answers. Again, I'm just going off my personal experiences and other people's experiences. And um, it it really helps to get a bunch of people together that usually it's a hush-hush uh, topic because you just can't talk to just anybody. You can't talk to your coworker. You can't talk to, you know, um, a family member at the table, you know, past the mashed potatoes. Oh, by the way, I just, you know, seen this chair just fly across I mean you just can't do that people look at you really are you nuts you know so in our group it's a safe place to get all these people together that have experiences or want to know or need support or just want uh, friendship or relationships you know it's something that we can that we all have something in common you know so it really does uh, um, the group has really exploded in a sense 
since I created it, and a lot of we do have a lot of groups that come out of it, or sister groups that come to it. And right. um, you know, we've been on a lot of radio shows, been on uh, TV, live TV. So it's um, and all because of the the dolls and you know um, my history and um, all the paranormal experiences. Right. So now, how many spirited dolls do you have all together? Oh, I couldn't even tell you how many spirited dolls. I can say I have six hundred, six hundred or more dolls in my home. Wow, a that's amazing. Them, yeah, the majority of them, I would say, I would say, a good portion of them are haunted. Um, and again, um, a lot of times, a doll will have more than one attachment. Or it will be like a doorway. You know, uh, they like to hang around that. And then sometimes there's a couple of them. But I usually hear one that's the loudest, and that's usually the one that gets an ID bracelet. So because I don't want to forget. And since there's like 600 or more, you know, it's very easy that you could forget, and then they get mad at you. (laughs) And then they play, well, guess my name, you know, or you start you start having these games that they play with you and you're just like, oh, brother. And then at that point, it's like, okay, this is not good. <laughs> so um, I try to keep it straight. and I try to keep it simple. Right. Hello, Central California. Welcome to the show. I take your Cherie's sh- sister. Yes, I am. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm Judy. I'm fine. How are you doing? Good, good, good. We're talking about, you know, um, what got you guys into the paranormal and stuff and about the haunted dolls. And if you have anything to add in on that, you're more than welcome to. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Actually, she has been experiencing a lot of paranormal activity at her home recently. Um, She's always kind of experienced stuff at the, the home that she's at. Um, but it's kind of picked up lately. And, um, again, a perfect example of uh, Fresno and its paranormal, you know, activity stuff. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, my daughter won't even come into my house unless I'm here now. Wow. Is that Misty? Yes. <laughs> yeah, M- Misty also has kind of the same kind of gift that we have. We got the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, some of the kids have it um, as well. And um, I've seen, you know, we've seen uh, several things at uh, Tina's house. And um, we, we see this little this little guy that wears a hoodie um, for some reason. He likes to pop in and out of the kitchen window and run to the front door and knock and then take off or disappear. Um, but um, also there's a little girl there. Um, a little girl wearing a yellow dress, little blonde hair. hair. And she likes to tug at my sister's clothes. <laughs> yeah, she taps on me. She likes to let me know she's here. And... Yeah, it's great when you get these little kids coming up to you and, like, pulling on your pant leg or something. It's like, cut it out. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had, yeah, I've actually had seen them, actually. Like, one time I was uh, on a, on my balcony, and I was just relaxing. The girls were in bed, asleep, so I thought. And uh, 
and having a glass of wine and just enjoying the the summer summer night and um I heard mommy and I thought, Oh, one of the girls got up. I wonder what they need. Mm-hmm. So I turn around and I said, Yes and all of a sudden I see this little girl come up about Mia's height, which she was about I think it was around four at the time. And she came up and she was in a long white gown looks like something out of the early 1900s, maybe 1800s, with mm-hmm. long, dark hair down to almost her butt. And none of my kids have long hair like that. And they don't even own a nightgown that looks like anything like that. And mm-hmm. I looked at her, and I was just like, okay. And she uh, she smiled and just kind of evaporated right in front of my eyes. And I was like, wow, I, which one did she, which doll did she come from, you know? Um, yeah. So they they do appear, and then they just kind of evaporate in front of you, or just you know it's now you see them now you don't. Um, but a lot of times they do. They call me mommy, and you know I have to figure out. It. And then I went to go check on my girls, and they were out cold. So you just you know those are the kind of things that you know I've seen. Um, I think there was one time I was out in the front. It was a nice day. We had a lot of neighbors, you know, that were, I guess, in my yard. We were all talking and everything. And I happened to see, this was really strange. I happened to see this entity come up. We were in a circle talking. And I seen this this entity in in a form of, kind of, in a form of a human, but it was like swirling smoke. Um, And he came into the circle that we were talking to, and he was looking in people's faces. They couldn't see it, but I could see him. And I was thinking, what are you doing? And he would go to each person and look at their face. And I was thinking, what a smart ass. You know? And then he turns around and looks at me, and all I seen was teeth with the swirling smoke, like smiling at me. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh. what is? You know, I didn't know what he was doing. And he looked at everybody and then walked out of the the circle of our friends and I had this strange look on my face and I was like what the hell is that about and my friend my, my next door neighbor looked at me and was thinking what's wrong and I'm like uh, nothing <laughs> you know I was just kind of scratching my head what was that about you know it's kind of like a little party <laughs> pants you know so I was like okay but uh, later I told my my neighbor, she's like, oh, she goes, I knew I seen something on your face that didn't look right. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I find if you tell people about this, you know, they think you're all whacked out and crazy and stuff. So unless I'm in the same company, I uh, try not to talk about it. But I noticed, like, um, my mom, when as she, when my dad was sick um, after he passed away, my mom, she would wake up in the morning and she's like, this little girl came to me and she woke me up and tried to give me a piece of chocolate cake. And I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, I went to go get it and it disappeared. I'm like, hmm, I wish somebody would wake me up in the middle of the night and give me chocolate cake. You know? (laughs) And then she had another incident where the little girl came to her and handed her a bowl of strawberries. Once again, my mother went to go grab them and they disappeared. Uh, wow. Then she went to go hand my mother a bunch of um, wildflowers. 
And when my mother went to go take them, the little girl and the flowers disappeared. So, you know, I'm like, okay, a little girl, the only little girl that I knew that would be in the house was my little spirit girl, Sarah. Mm-hmm. So I said, my, I says, what did this little girl look like? She goes, oh, my God, she was so pretty. She had this blonde, curly hair and this pretty blue jumper with a little white blouse under it. She was about seven or eight years old. I says, that was Sarah, Ma. She's coming to give you things. She goes, who the hell is Sarah? I says, my little spirit child. She says, she is so beautiful. <laughs> My little spirit child, she's about six and she wears a yellow dress. Yeah, she's really pretty. And yes, my birds are going to start acting up because I'm on a show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> crazy birds that go nuts. And then, it, oh, what happened to your dog? I remember that the dog was barking all the time. Well, my dog ended up going back to the bound. Okay. Yeah, he, he he was getting more aggressive and more aggressive, and no matter what I did, um, wasn't working. Right. You know, oh, I mean, I that, understand that. He had left Mark's son, my landlord, his wife, you know, and uh, her sister, along with myself. So, yeah, he had to go back. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, Tina, why don't you tell us some, some of uh, what I was telling uh, Judy earlier about some of the history in Fresno that you that you found. Well, I was, I've always, for the last so many years, I've been trying to look and trying to figure out why we're active. Um, compared to, like, Mississippi and all of them, I know why they're active. But... Recently, when I was looking for one thing, I ended up finding another, which was something I've been looking for for many years, was the history of Fresno. And I found that um, there's this place Sean and I, my husband, been going up to for the last, I don't know, 10 years. Been going up there every year and just hanging out. And we take a picnic basket up there, and it's called the uh, Millerton Courthouse. Well, it turns out the Milliton Courthouse is the first courthouse in Fresno County in the 1800s ever built. And actually, the person who built the courthouse was the first person to be imprisoned in that courthouse for murder. So it's kind of ironic. Um, But uh, I guess back... When you when you go back to the history of Fresno, Fresno basically was a frontier town for all the people coming in to for the gold rush, but also it was a frontier town because of the beaches that were only two, you know, two hours away, the uh, Sequoia and Yosemite, which is not very far, it's another hour to two hours away, so it was a frontier town. Um, basically, from what I read and found out, that on there wasn't no churches, there was no railroads at the time. There was basically a saloon on every corner, which kind of answers the questions my sister and I had when, what, from what we saw when we were children, which was saloon people. 
Right. Now, do, do you relate that to what you saw as children, as being children? The what yeah, I'm found out. Excuse me? Say that again? I said, do you relate that as to what you saw when you were children, all the information you found out about Fresno being a frontier town? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't figure out why, you know, little Fresno was so active, uh, especially in the certain area that we live in, in central Fresno. And I'm not the only one, but I have a lot of friends and people I work with to this day that have experienced things, especially living in, the, in that one area of Fresno. And uh, the history kind of adds up, tells you why. You know, for one, we were, we didn't have uh what you call wastelands where you would you know take your garbage and dump it out they used to bury your garbage back in the day in the area where my sister and i grew up my father has been uncovering all kinds of buried treasures so they kind of make (laughs) yeah in our backyard yeah he goes to plant a tree and he pulls up something new we're like oh wow you know in the backyard Mm -hmm. so we found that tin i think it was a tin box with like old with a shaving kit yeah there was shaving there was like little different colored bottles in it I mean it could have been medicine could have been who knows what they could have used it for but well from what I understand back in the old days they used to throw everything in the porta potty and when you know it got full they used to cover it up move the porta potty somewhere else and I had a friend of mine that actually she wanted to start a business in this where she would, you know, go and, and do people's yards and stuff to see what she could come up with, you know. I don't know <laughs> what kind of business that would have been, but that's what she wanted to start. <laughs> uh, I'm not hey. into digging into somebody's poop house, you know. <laughs> but there's a lot you can find. There really is. It's like true. True. The waste will actually go into the earth, and that's gone. It's fertilizer. Mm-hmm. The, the, but the 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 keepsake of you know all the the tin and glass and uh, razors and uh, you know because I remember that's what we my dad found is you know like a he even found a small boat. A huh? He even found like a little small boat that someone built from way back in the day. Oh wow! Wow! Oh yeah. yeah. Keeps finding all kinds of stuff on on our property, <laughs> which actually um, explains the reason why when I would run from my father's house to your house, Cherie, oh, that going yeah. through the yard, I'd feel it following me, chasing me, and all over my back. Yeah, my sister. When I would look out the window, uh, or I should say, out the door, because she'd be running towards my house because I live next door. My dad owned the house next door as well, which I rented when I was older. And my sister would be running from uh, my dad's house all the way to my house, and she looked like she had something on her back, and she, she scrunched running like crazy. And uh, But the story with that was pretty amazing um, with the chair moving. Did you want to tell her about that, Tian? I, um, my dad's house was very active. My sister lived next door. My dad owned this land, and next door was a house he owned, and um, we had this garage, there's a detached garage that he built into a studio, and then the house, the actual house we lived in. Well, I was 
and the house has a basement underneath it, so the floors are wood. So when you walk, you can hear the thump and the echo of the of you walking. I was in the I was in the bathroom, and I had my son in the bathroom with me. He was, gosh, maybe about one years old, and I heard and and I had before I went to the bathroom. I went into this recliner chair, which is in the living room. You have a, your living room. You have this door in the middle, and then goes to this hallway that goes right and left. And then you have your at the end of the hallway is your bathroom, and then two bedrooms. Well, I took my shoes off and put them in front of this recliner. And when I took my shoes off, the recliner goes all the way down to the ground. So if, if the recliners move the shoes are going to go with it because it goes all the way to the ground. There's no underneath, you know, space. So I'm in the bathroom, and I hear this thump. I hear the hardwood floor thump, something heavy moved. So I I hurry up, clean up, grab my son, and I start running out of the bathroom, and the doorway to the hallway is jarred with that recliner jarred into the doorway. My shoes are still over there where they were when I took them off when I sat in the recliner. And if, like I said, if if the recliner was dragged, the shoes would have been dragged with it. They were lifted, the the recliner was lifted over the shoes and into the doorway. At that point, at that point, the only thing I could think was is I grab my son and I go out the bathroom window, which is a nice drop, my baby, or I balls it up and climb over the recliner. So I had to climb over the recliner to get out of the house. And I ran to my sister's next door. She sent her husband with me. I, I left my son over there, and, I, and she sent her husband with me, and we went over to the house. And at this time, I was like, who do I call? Do I call the cops? Do I call my dad? Who do I call? I didn't know who to call. I, I actually wanted to call the cops because I didn't know how this, <laughs> how this happened. And so my sister's husband came over with me, we went to the house. He looked at it. He scratched his head. He asked me, where was the recliner? And I showed him it was in that corner. He went and felt the, rec- the corner, and the corner had static. It was all static, and he goes, come here, feel this. So I went over and felt it, and when you put your hand into the corner, it was all static. At that point, I called my father, told him what happened, told him I was scared. I didn't know who to call, didn't know what to do. He told me just... You know, you'll be okay till I get home. When he got home, they were able to get the recliner out of the doorway. But at that it point, was, you know, it was, I don't know what uh, happened. I mean, because I remember um, after a while, I went over there to that one wall where the recliner was, and my sister says static. It almost felt like you know when you fall, when your leg goes to sleep or your arm goes to sleep, that tingly, antsy feeling. Right. That's what it felt like when you put your hand in front of it, it would make it like go to sleep. There was so much energy there that um, it, it totally blew my mind, which was a doorway. We had a doorway there, and we had, which would explain the saloon thing when we were little, um, and also in, um, our, uh, in the closet. And um, there was also a doorway there. Um, but this thing had to have had a lot of energy to move this heavy, heavy, uh, recliner because it was one of those old lazy boys that had all the metal because it had a vibrator and a heater and all this other stuff on it. So it was really heavy to lift that Six, thing. two guys to move it. Yeah, yeah. To, to lift this thing and get it stuck 
I don't even know how it even shoved it into that hallway because the chair was way fatter and bigger than that, that doorway. But it crammed right. it through it. it. It just blew my mind. We tried to pull it out, but we couldn't. I mean, it took my dad and I think um, my husband at the time to, you know, on get it on stuck. It was just jammed. I was like, that's crazy. But uh, that's kind of the stuff, you know, there was so many things that happened in that house. And you want me to tell her about the time, Sherry, where you were in the kitchen and we, my dad was in Boston? Yeah. Yep. My sister was in the kitchen. She was washing dishes um, when your parents are away, which our parents, our father was away in Boston. Uh, we decided we're going to have some guys over and and watch movies. So, you know, kids will play. And we were being so so Sheree was cleaning that. Sheree was cleaning the kitchen. I had my girlfriend over to this day, which she remember, remembers, because I asked. I haven't seen her in years, and I asked her, and she totally remembers this. But anyhow, we were. She, my sister was in the kitchen doing the dishes. My girlfriend Candy and I were yeah, straightening out the living room, cleaning it up. We had both. We had babies. We had Eric and James, and they were both in, in my son's crib, sleeping in my bedroom. And as we were cleaning up, because we had guys coming over to watch a movie with us, we saw my sister with both children in her hands walking through the hallway with both kids. And so me and Candy looked at each other like, what is Sheree doing? So we went, Sheree, what are you doing? And she answered us from the kitchen, which was to the right <laughs> of us. What? <laughs> and so Candy and I both screamed, ran to my sister, told her what we saw. My sister said, oh, my God, the babies. So we ran to the bedroom with Sharif, you know, leading us, and they were both in a bit of sleep fine. But it scared the crap out of us. It's, it's doppelgangers. They always love to play games with us by copying or mimicking our look and our voices. Um, I think there was another time, Tina, uh, was it was it Robin or was it? It was Robin when she was in the room watching or going through Dad's um books and reading yeah. it and it hovered we over her shoulder back. yeah we were in the back of our of the house because i had there was the garage that my sister told you about that was turned into a, a room a studio room and i was staying there being the teenager that i want you know that i was i wanted my own space and so um i we were staying back there and so there's a patio so we were all hanging out there was a bunch of friends in order to get back there you would have to go through the front door of our house and then go through the kitchen to go, you know, to get to the back. Well, we were all in the back. She came in, and I guess she, she, I remember her telling me she was calling for us, and she thought she heard, uh, you know, either my voice or my sister's voice from my sister's uh, sister's room, which was to the left. So she went over there, and she says, where are you? And they called out again, but it called, they came from my dad's room. And so she went in there, and uh, I guess she started looking, and this this person that a lot of us seen looks like Abraham Lincoln or something. He's really tall, skinny, and was in uh, you couldn't see any detail, but it was like a, a shadow man um, appeared to her and talk about. We were outside in the back. We heard this wailing scream <laughs> come from the house, and we and we we were like, "What's going on?" So we started to run. And I guess she heard us and ran out to either to the kitchen to the back and fell off uh, the, the porch step, and her, her knee was all bloody and just 
kind of rambling on about some ghost or some somebody she's seen in my dad's room, and she told us what had happened. And I was like, what? So I walked in and looked everywhere while he was gone. But it had literally scared the poop out of her. Um, but th- those were, <laughs> like, there's so many things that happen like that. These are just a small drop in the hat of all the things that we actually lived through um, in the home. And even to this day, no matter where we go, we're like little ghost maggots. We call ourselves the ghost maggots because they always, you know, if there's if we feel anything, they're they're kind of attached to us. Um, they they just come to us. And it's pretty. Uh, recently, uh, my friend had just bought a house. Um, her name's Brandy, and she's one of my good friends. And um, she was talking about getting this newer house. Well, she took me to her her new house, and when I seen it, it was like I, I looked at it, and I'm like, bum, bum, bum. I was like, what the heck? And I was just like, she goes, so how do you, what do you think of it? And I'm just like, uh, and because as soon as I came up, I felt like I, you know, came to the house, and I looked at it. I felt like it was, have you ever seen that movie, The Legend of Hell House? No, I never have. It's really good. Um, yes, I is. felt like that's what I was looking at. I was like, holy crap. And um, I didn't say anything. I didn't want to scare her because she would get scared because she has seen stuff. Every time she comes over to my house or she gets around any of my dolls, they love to taunt her so she could hear. She's very sensitive, and it scares the hell out of her. So I didn't want to say anything to her. Uh, I looked at the house, and I was like, oh, boy. And so we walked in. I said, well, I think you were going to get a newer house. She goes, yeah, we were, but, but then we came across this house, and we really liked it. And I'm thinking, okay. And so we go in, and um, I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, boy. You know, it just kept getting stronger and stronger, everything in that, in that house. And um, she, so she took me through the whole house. Then we went outside and looked through um, the barn and everything, and it was just a lot of energy, a lot of, um, there was definitely at least several spirits there. Um, again, I didn't say anything to her, and I just said, "Okay, this, yeah, this, this is nice. A lot of possibilities with this house." And she goes, "She goes, okay, what do you see? I know you see something." And I'm like, uh, "What do you mean?" And she goes, "She goes, I know you." Like, <laughs> she goes, "Do you feel anything?" And I said, "Well, I said now that you say that, uh, I, I, I came clean with her. I told her." Yes, there's there's something in there. It's really strong. And I said, I'm so shocked that you bought this house. And she goes, she goes, she goes, yeah. She goes, I keep doing it too, but I didn't want to say anything to anybody, and I didn't want to look kind of crazy. And I said, no. I said, there's definitely something in there. And I told her where it was and, and everything. Well, I, you know, I left, and lo and behold, the thing that was there, which was a man, came to my house. <laughs> I just jumped in my back seat and just came with me, because when I when I um got home, um I was by myself. My girls weren't home; they were with my husband, and so I'm just you know kind of doing my stuff, doing my thing. Um, went went upstairs, and then started hearing noises, and I'm like, what the heck? And then I came back down, and then I was in the living room. And I heard the door open and close. And I said, hey, I'm in here. You know, I thought it was the kids and my husband. Nobody was here. And I'm like, oh, no. And I felt the presence of her friend or her, you know, the so-called spirit that was from the house. It had followed me to my house. 
I, and so I went upstairs. I started hearing like what sounded like boots walking around. I also got a crawl space, so you can hear everything. It's kind of like my, our old house, Tina. And mm-hmm. so I was hearing everything. I was like, what the heck? And I'm like, really? I said, are you going to hang out here and make all this damn noise and open and close the doors? And, you know, and I said, whatever, <laughs> whatever floats your boat, dude. You know, so I'm just kind of, you know, okay, whatever. And, um, and then later on, I, he stood there for a good portion of the day, and then he left. My, my kids came, and he was gone. And, um, and then I told my friend, I told my friend Brandy, I said, oh, I had a little guest. She goes, really? She goes, I don't feel him anymore at my house. <laughs> I said, because he's at my house. <laughs> and I uh-huh. said, but he left. And I said, she goes, well, I hope he doesn't come back. Well, since then, he has never been back to her house. And there's been several times that I go to people's houses, and if they have something, it attaches to me, comes home with me, hangs out for a couple hours, and then leaves, and then never goes back. So now the little joke with uh, my friend Brandy and I is she tells everybody, oh, if you have a ghost, just have my friend go over there. She'll get rid of it. <laughs> oh, hey, Cherie. It takes off. <laughs> huh? Hey, Cherie, why don't you fly down here and take my ghost back with you because he's scaring <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I they love my My daughter won't her. She'll only come over here if I'm here. Her girlfriend won't come over here unless there's like four or five people here. My son's girlfriend had experienced it uh, a couple nights ago, and she's cool with it. She's like, okay, but she got scared, and she hung out with me in the living room. And then last night, I was mad at my husband, so I decided to sleep on the couch. That didn't last long because what my son's girlfriend heard, I heard it too, and I'm like, oh, dang it. So I thought I was just laying there going, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. No, I can't. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up back in bed to, with my husband, who I was mad at, <laughs> because I didn't want to deal with the ghosts. It was like him, them, him, them. Uh, at least I know what he's about, so I don't know what they're about. But <laughs> sleepy to deal with it. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're pretty active here in my house. They're extremely open doors. As a matter of fact, one of them, I can tell you, for a fact, I know that they protect me. My daughter, here's an example. My daughter about, oh, God, five weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, decided without telling me that she was, you know, Misty, yes, Sheree, mm-hmm. my daughter, she decided she was going to move into my house without telling me. She took her baby. <laughs> she came over here. She, I was at work, and she decided I'm moving in. And so she set her baby up, and he was sleeping. She was relaxing. She dimmed all the lights. And I have this pocket door that goes from my in my kitchen. It goes uh, separates my kitchen and living room from all the rest of the house. And it's to keep the living room and kitchen warm. While she closes it, everything's nice, and she's relaxing. And the door decides, well, the door starts shaking, and it opens all the way. And as it's shaking, she looks up to see what's going on, and then all of a sudden she watches it open all the way. And she says, the only thing on the other side of the door was my cat, and my cat was just watching it open. So <laughs> she, so, and it was a Monday, so it was football on TV. So she looks at the TV and says, can I deal with this? And she says, oh, hell no, I can't deal with this. So she grabbed the baby, tripped on her way out, got in her <laughs> car, 
called her girlfriend and said, because they were fighting, that's why she decided she was going to move back home. So she calls her girlfriend and says, I'm coming back home. And her girlfriend's like, who's that with you in the car? And she's going, what are you talking about? She goes, someone's saying hello and they're giggling. <laughs> so my thought is my spirit guides and protectors were here and they know my daughter and they're like, this is going to drive Tina crazy. We're going to make sure she doesn't stay here. We're going to give her a taste of what, you know. <laughs> so they gave her a taste of what I deal with every day and scared the heck out of her. You know, now she's back at home with a girlfriend. <laughs> that is too funny. And what's funny, because I have an EVP in my house, because I have surveillance in my house, because we live in Fresno, and there's there's a lot of crime going on, so I always keep surveillance cameras on. Um, I have a surveillance camera. My daughter and I were uh, folding clothes in the pool room, and my daughter's like, I don't know. She's saying, I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe I'm crazy. My EVP, you can hear when you're listening to the surveillance, it's saying, you're crazy. <laughs> So I'm thinking they probably thought, oh, no, this girl's not moving in, driving her nuts. We're, we're going to scare her out of here. <laughs> Actually, so that, was, a... Go ahead. that was that was my my recent experience. And then, of course, it's, it's the same thing in Lola and the same thing to me last night. But we're cool with it. Misty is not cool with it. Well, the apartment I moved into, as soon as I stepped through the door, Somebody said hello, and I'm like, hello. Nobody there. I'm like, hello. Okay. <laughs> and the other night I was laying in bed, and it's like it was really warm when I went to bed. I get up under the covers. Now you're supposed to get warmer if you get under covers, right? Not me. I felt like I was in a freezer. And out of the corner oh, of my, my eye, I turned around, and um, I saw this. It, it, the guy must have been about six feet tall. And just a gray shadow. So I told him to get out. <laughs> told him he had to leave. You know, right. and you often you often hear um, Darlene downstairs will ask me, well, "Were you up last night around such and such a time?" It's like, no. Well, I heard somebody walking across your floor, <laughs> and you can, you can actually hear people walking around. Like when I go downstairs, I can hear people walking around up here, or the door slamming up in here, and it's like, okay, whatever, you know. <laughs> and then things go uh, missing, like my phone went missing yesterday, my cell phone. Oh wow! Yeah. I, I looked all over the house too. for it, and I'm like, wherever you put the cell phone, bring it back. And when I came back to sit at the computer desk, it was underneath my notebook. And why would I put it there? <laughs> right. I had something like that yeah. happen. I think it was today where I had put something um, away, and I went and did something, and then I went to go get it, and it wasn't there. So I started tearing up the whole house looking for it and then I, I went to go do something else came back and it was on the counter and I'm like really and I'm thinking there is no way there is no way that could have happened um, you know because no one else touched this object they weren't even there you know it was just me and I know I put it away but somebody had actually got it out of the drawer 
and put it on the counter. They, at first it was missing, and then it was on the counter. So I was just like, ugh, thanks a lot. You know, mm-hmm. those little games that they like to play every now and then drive me crazy because I'm looking for something. I only have so much time to do it because I'm busy. And, you know, so that takes, you know, 10 minutes out of my day, you know, to go, you know, on a hunt for this this object that I'm looking for. So it's just kind of, uh, you know, it's it's cool and dandy when you think, you know, when you hear about it, but it's not cool and dandy when it's happening. <laughs> it's kind of a Right. <laughs> well, I have a lot of electrical things going on here because little Miss Sabrina likes to play with electrical objects. <laughs> with my phone and my computer, my TV, you know, you name it, she plays with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a lot of that. And uh, anytime my some friends come over, um, they they hear it as well and they see things and my TV will go off and on uh, by itself. Um, I've had lights go off. I've had doors slam, um, something knocking, giggling, um, talking. You hear a lot of talking. Um, just, you know, uh, uh, footsteps and um, a lot of everything. And, of course, appearances from some of them. I hear a lot of music. I hear a lot of uh, chorus music. I hear a lot of chanting Indian music. I hear, today I heard a drum beat and and music. Um, <laughs> you, you live in the area, though, where there's a lot of Indian, especially back in the day, you know. That's um, what I hear. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because I had an Indian, um, speaking of, I had an Indian doll that was made, um, it, it was up in, I think it was, I'm trying to think, Tennessee, or, yeah, uh, yeah, Tennessee. Um, we went through this Indian town, and I, and, oh, uh, it's mostly, uh, run by Indians. It's like an Indian reservation or something, but it's really neat because they make a lot of stuff. They make dolls, and they make coats and purses and all kinds of stuff. Well, I was looking at the dolls, of course, and I, and I seen all these Indian, these really neat looking dolls that were Indian. So I took one home and I had her for a long time. And then I decided that I was going to trade her to a friend of mine. And when I was packing her up, I hear this freaking dumb, this uh, drum beating. And I was like, what the hell is that? You know? And when I bought her, uh, she was not spirited. Um, but when I was packing her up years later, um, she she had become spirited, and I hear this drum beating while I'm trying to pack her. And I'm like, what is that? And so I would stop packing, and then I wouldn't hear anything. As soon as I started packing her again, I hear this drum beating. It's not like a little ceremonial drum thing going on. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And so I told my friend, I said, uh, just to let you know, and I told her what what had happened. And she's like, really? And she was like, ooh, I can't wait to get her. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yeah, so it's kind of funny. You know, I've come across that, um, you know, once. And then there was this one time we went to Savannah. And we went on a ghost uh, walk, which was really fun, very historical. It was at night. And we were staying in our camper. We were staying at this camp place in Savannah. So after the ghost walked in town, um, we went back home. But they did. Uh, we went back home, and an entity had followed us. And I knew somebody was following me. Uh, when we got back, we had heard on the ghost walk about this uh, chief, this 
Indian. Um, something had happened, and I can't remember but uh, about the history of him, but he was hung or something in the square. And um, later on, I think that they, they put this, this tribute to him. I don't know exactly what happened, but something was, it was just not right. But um, people had said that they had heard you know, an Indian singing. So, um, and, and talking and chanting. Well, when we went back to our um, our campsite, um, it was dark and we were hanging on the campfire and, you know, um, just hanging out. I had a glass of wine. We were relaxing. And all of a sudden I heard this singing and this drum beat. And I was like, what the heck is that? And he was singing. It was really kind of cool but really creepy. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that Indian followed us. And he kept on and on. I was telling my husband, I said, you hear that? And he, he said, here's something. I was like, he was kind of tripping too. And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. Mm. And I was just like, it was loud. It was getting louder. And then it started having bird whistles going on with it. And I was like, holy cow. But that's how that night went. And the next the next day, it was gone. But I just thought, boy, that's really strange. So there was only two times that I've actually heard uh, well, no, there's been three times, but that those are the two that really stick out really uh, strong. Um, the, there was a time that we also went to St. Augustine's, which is, um, it's the famous uh, lighthouse. It's been on Ghost Adventures. It's been on uh, Ghost Hunters. Um, uh, we went to that because I really wanted to check it out. And um, the first night we went there, we got to really late. We were the last ones there, so we did our little thing, and we were, we actually walked out with the people <laughs> that was closing it. And as we were going out, she <clears throat> said, "If you want to take some pictures, go ahead and take some pictures." So we started taking a lot of pictures. Well, we left um, uh, that, and when we left, uh, we started looking at the pictures. And I was like, "What the hell is that?" We actually caught the apparition appearing in front of the lighthouse, and wow. that, that that night. I mean, when we went there, when we got there and we were trying to rush through it, you know, before they closed, I remember feeling this really, really strong heaviness on the bottom um, of the lighthouse, Um, you know, the little house, and then you have the lighthouse that goes up. And it was so strong when I walked through, I felt like I was going through quicksand or muddy, murky water. It was so heavy. I, my husband said, do you want to go up? I said, no, you go ahead and go up. I'm I need to sit down. I'm I'm kind of dizzy because it was so heavy and strong. And um, then, you know, when we left, that's when we started taking the pictures. And so we took the pictures, um, and then the next morning we, we seen the those pictures, um, and we, we actually made copies um, of it at Walgreens. When we, the next day, we, we decided to go back to St. Augustine's, and we talked to the people that worked there, and we said, have you ever seen seen this um, and you know I'm, I'm just wondering do you have any blue lights or or any type of lights that look like this and they looked at it and they're like oh my god they said this is the best picture anyone has ever caught of this entity they said we don't have lights like that at all and, and it was when you look at it there's huge orbs I'm not a real big orb person but this orb um, there was huge gigantic orbs that were just going up, and in the middle of it, you see this bright, bluish-white light that was shining, and in 
there and took a lot of pictures so in each frame you see it getting stronger and then all of a sudden there's nothing and it's dark so it was really weird the that night we went down and I want to take more pictures there was nobody there it was all closed the girls were asleep in the van and my husband was there I said you stay with the girls I'll just go around by myself and I'll you know tiptoe over here you know, hopefully nobody will say anything, a caretaker or anything. So I'm over there by myself in the dark, and as I'm walking around the house by myself, I feel like so many eyes and spirits, heavy. I'm feeling that heaviness again. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It almost felt suffocating. I said, well, I'm going to take these damn pictures. I'm going to just do it anyway. So I go around and start taking pictures. And um, taking pic- and then I turn around and start taking pictures of everything um, around me, and um, and so I did that and uh, came back to the van and I felt this real heaviness with me. I was like, man, I just, this is, I think something's attached. So we go back to... Three, I'm going to have to sign off real quick. Okay, that's fine. Okay, thanks to you. All right. All right, love you. Okay, love you. All right. On radio. Good night, guys. <laughs> All right. I know. Good night. Good night. Good night. Anyway, I get back to our to the place that we're staying. It was a resort, and I still feel this this entity with me. And I told my husband, I said, "We're not alone. There's something with us here." It came from the lighthouse, and he said, "Really?" And he goes, "Where is it?" And I said, "It's over there." And he goes, "Okay." And so it was just really heavy. It was really distra- uh, distracting. It was trying to distract my thoughts. And I just kept trying to ignore it, you know. So we watched the little TV, got ready to go to bed, and we were in our bedroom. The girls were in our room. Um, one was in a crib because um, they were little, and they had, they had this little uh, portable crib. And, and then our daughter was in the middle, um, the older one. And the, the entity was still in the living room. And, I'm, and as soon as we laid down, we turned off the lights, I could still feel him in the living room. He wasn't gone. But my husband and my daughter, uh, daughters had passed out they were out but I couldn't sleep because he was still in there and all of a sudden I felt him get up off the coffee table because he was on the coffee table started moving to our room came into the room and I'm like really and then all of a sudden I kid you not the bed started shaking he was jumping on the darn bed and my my husband I was looking at my husband thinking well maybe he's moving he was he was snoring big time, and you could just see him just you know going back and forth. My daughter and him were just kind of moving back and forth because of the jumping on the bed. And I finally that's it. I said I said that's it. I said I command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Get out, you know. And I just yelled at him and I said get out right now. And um, so I commanded him several times in Christ's name. He he stopped jumping, got off the bed went into the living room and sat back down in the living room. And I'm like, I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, what guts? And I was just thinking, you know, what I was thinking, I was kind of appalled by him. But at the same time, I was kind of thinking, this is really freaking cool. (laughs) But at the same time, I was just like, I can't have you jumping in our bedroom. You can't even be in our bedroom. And so he stood in there. And so I said, okay, as long as you're in there, I don't care if you're here. Just don't come in the bed. Do not jump on the bed or anything. And right. I finally went to sleep. The next morning I woke up, he was gone. And after that, that was the end of that. But I thought it was really odd that this spirit attached to me and just, 
I guess wanted to have fun or just to communicate or something. Let to since I knew he was there, he knew it, and it was just you know uh, that type of experience. It's funny. It's like again when I go into something, I feel like I have glue on me, and then something comes out with me, and it kind of follows me back to our home or whatever, and then. They play around, and then they disappear after a while. So it was really, that was really weird. But I do have the picture. And um, the funny thing is that everything on that camera, because it was a digital camera, we did take, we did get a couple of the pictures, and we took them to Walgreens to get copies, but we didn't get all of them. And everything on the digital disappeared. It completely, there was, it was empty. We were like, what the hell happened? I said, did you erase it? And he goes, no, I didn't erase it. I said, I didn't erase it. Well, they're gone. So there's we have nothing except those two those uh, couple of pictures from you know of uh, Saint Augustine's lighthouse. So it's it's really strange. That's because he didn't want you to have the other pictures. Just his. You what? I said that's just because he didn't want you to have all the other pictures. Just his. I guess I guess not. I mean I got a couple of the pictures of of what we got, and then also the you know, the appearance, uh, which is another thing. The people at St. Augustine said that um, what we caught was exactly what people have seen with their eyes. They say what happens is if there's like this bluish-white light that starts to appear with orbs, and then they said it gets so bright, and then after that happens, then he appears in form. So we caught him before he appeared in form. So it wow. was really interesting. So it was, it was pretty cool. Well, they have the um, Ledge Lighthouse in uh, New London, Connecticut. They have that up for sale for a dollar. And I know that they've had um, ghost tours there and stuff like that, too. I've never been myself because they stopped doing it because of a lot of people with the water. and So you can only get out there with the boat. Then oh. they drop you off and come and pick you up the next morning, weather permitting. Okay. Right. So you can get stuck wow. out there for days. <laughs> no, <laughs> no <you know>. thank you. <laughs> I mean, and I like going to, to places like that, but I don't like anything with ocean and water and, and being left to the elements and storms. No. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened there was the uh, guy jumped off the top of the lighthouse and killed himself because he found <laughs> out that his wife had an affair with one of the sailors that had come over to the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. So he committed suicide, and he's the one that's still uh, haunting wow. that, that lighthouse. That's awesome. And then you were talking about hearing Indians and drums and stuff, and uh, there's a place, it's called Tory's Den. It's in Burlington, Connecticut. And it's a good hike up into the woods, and there you could hear... The Indian drums playing, you could hear little children screaming. Mm. Yeah. And, of course, they closed off the uh, the part of the cave where the, the Tories used to be hidden in that cave. Mm-hmm. They closed, they put a big boulder there. Hmm. Wow. I've never found the other entrance. Do that, but it's a, quite a hike up there. And you know, I went up there with a couple of people, and they're like, "Oh, we got to come back here at night." No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. I'll do I'll do hiking up into the woods during the day, but not at night. <laughs> no, that's dangerous. 
Yes, you, it is. You're going to be a ghost. <laughs> yeah, we um, actually, where we live, you know, we live in Georgia, but um, we live supposedly where, uh, we, we live out in the country, but the area that we live is uh, what is called part of the Trail of Cheers, um, where, you know, the Indians had to travel through long distances and a lot of them would die because they they died of hunger, sickness, um, you know, and they had to walk. They didn't have, you know, um, uh, any transportation or anything. They just had to walk. And they were supposed to walk to um, where the white people were supposed to put them on a reservation because they didn't want them, you know, anyway. They were trying to basically clean off the Indians to just little areas so people wouldn't be afraid of them because they called them savages back then. But it was just awful. Um, but a lot of these people, when they would make them walk these long distances, you know, from state to state, they a lot of them died. And so they say that you hear weeping, crying, you know, um, sometimes you hear music. And actually, that is uh, another time that I did hear Indian um, uh, singing. I guess it's a chant, but it's singing. I heard that one time in my home. Um, it was early in the morning. I was just getting up, and I started hearing this Indian singing. And I was like, wow. Um, I, I heard it, like, for a day, and then after that I didn't hear it anymore. But So it's every once in a while, I'll, you know, I'd say probably that's the third incident that I've experienced that uh, with the Indian singing. But interesting. And you guys were talking about hearing music and stuff. Um yeah. I often used to hear classical music playing, and uh-huh. I hate classical music. <laughs> <laughs> but I would hear say, hey, play some rock and roll. <laughs> or so, you know, violins playing. Who the hell wants to hear violins? I don't even like this instrument. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hear, a lot of times I'll hear um, around my home, usually around the dolls, I'll hear, um, oh, what is it called, music boxes. I'll hear, like, a tune from a music box. And um, sometimes it will be something I I do have in the doll room, and there's other times I don't even have that tune. I don't even know where it's coming from. So it's it's really uh, unusual. Um, sometimes I'll go into the doll room, and I'll have, because I have antique furniture in there as well, and I'll have a chair that will move clear across the room. Um, dolls will be in different areas. Some dolls will even actually fall over like somebody pushed them um, or right. they moved them. Um, but uh, things, you know, unusual things, things you really, like, how did that happen? And then things that get lost, like usual. Um, but uh, there's there's a lot of things that's, that happen and that it's unexplainable. So it's it's... It's cool that it happens, but at the same time, sometimes it can be annoying. But when you have haunted objects or if you're uh, what we call ghost magnets, because a lot of people, they don't realize that when you're sensitive, they, they feel that, well, how do ghosts know? Oh, it's so simple. Because oh, yeah, it, everybody has energy. auras. Yeah, you, well, we all have auras. They're seen from the spirit world. They can see us. Not just our physicalness, but they can see our energy. They can see our our spirit, and so all that they have colors all around us. So they can tell if we're sick. They can tell um, what how we're feeling. 
they can see what we're about. And if we have that sight, they can see that too. So that's why they're drawn to us, you know, whereas a regular person wouldn't be able to see it unless you can see that that energy or you can sense um, uh, the energy of someone um, or, you know, or all the many gifts that God gives us as far as um, uh, people, you know, uh, you know, being people. Um, not every everybody has it, but to some, but a lot of times when you grow up, a lot of people, older people, tell you it doesn't exist, this and that, and they close your mind. So regular society, you know, it, they're skeptical, and so when we're that's why children see a lot when they're little, and oh yeah, as they get older, parents and society says, oh no. What a big imagination! Da 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 da. You know, so they automatically start to shut that door for you, and then by the time you get older, you don't even realize. You just say, "Oh, that's just childish stuff." Well, you know, we there's a lot of openness. It's just that we we close it ourselves. We don't even realize it. But um, our door has never closed, unfortunately. <laughs> Me and my sister, we're we're just we're open. But I think a lot of it has to do with uh, maybe the way we were brought up and, and I guess the areas that we lived in were really strong, you know, and we believed, we believed and we still believe and we still see. So, you know, I know when I had my grandson for the first nine and a half months of his life, I have two spirit children that have followed me around Joey, who is 10 and he, he died at the hands of a stepfather and uh, Sarah, who's eight, who died from tuberculosis years ago and um my grands both my grandsons had their own bedroom because i used to take his older brother on the weekends Mm -hmm. and the baby he used to be up in the room laughing and giggling and jumping up and down in his crib and i'm like oh the kids are up there playing with them again as soon as they were gone you knew it because he'd start screaming (laughs) but he saw you know Mm and Today he's like more or less closed to that stuff. Even though my daughter's very open about it, he just like wants nothing to do with it. He saw something. He won't tell us what he saw, but he saw something, and it scared the living daylights out of him. Oh, and how old is he again? Uh, Jacob just turned ten. Okay. You know, yeah, we- and I have. I have no idea what he saw, who he saw, but it scared the living daylights out of him. Whereas Gregory, who just turned 13, he's all rearing and ready to go. Anywhere <laughs> you want to take him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah I, I noticed that with, uh, it just really depends on the entity and, and the, or the spirit. Um, my kids have been raised around, uh, well, around, all my dolls and anything, you know, and we've gone to a lot of Victorian homes and a lot of a lot of places that, you know, have activity. And um, it's funny because they've never been taught to be afraid and I don't want them to be afraid. Um, and actually, they love my dolls. And they'll, they'll go in there. They love to be in the doll room. I have a TV in there and everything. So we watch TV in there and everything. They, I make a little bed on the floor with pillows and, you know, we just have like, you know, girls night and just hang out in the doll room and they love it. 
and they love a lot of my dolls. Um, one in particular, they love Chaz, and Chaz is actually, he really likes them, and he's actually, I think there was one, I think I mentioned this, and I might have mentioned it in the last show, where he had actually woke me up, uh, Autumn was sick, my oldest daughter, and um, I knew she wasn't feeling well, but it was like in the middle of the night, I first I had this really strange dream that uh, of Chaz, you know, jumping off my dresser and running back and forth um, and, and just making a big ruckus, um, trying to wake me up. And then when I woke up, I actually heard Chaz running from my room to my daughter's room back and forth, and he was yelling, trying to get me to get up. And I, I, I heard the noise, and then all of a sudden my blankets, I felt these blank, my blankets being pulled off my bed, and I'm like, what the heck? And I look, and there was no one there, and it, but I felt it was Chaz. And I'm like, what the heck? So I get up, and I went to check my daughter because I remember um, the in my dream, he was running back and forth between our, our rooms. When I woke up, he was really running back and forth between our rooms. And um, when I went to check on my daughter, she had this high fever. And I realized, oh, okay, that's what Chaz was trying to tell me, is that he was trying to wake me up to get my butt up take care of her so of course you know I took care of her and um you know because she had like I think it was a temperature of 104 103 it was pretty high and um so he had actually woke me up to get to get her help um he's he's done a lot of things he loves the kids you know my kids will sometimes get him and put him you know in between them and they'll all watch tv it's it's pretty funny um but a lot of my dolls really love my girls. Um, they're around them. They have no fear of them. I don't want them to fear them. And, uh, I, you know, they, they just have fun with it. Um, I remember my, my littlest one, she was about two when I first got Harry. And, um, or maybe like one and a half. But anyway, I'd gotten Harry from my friend Donna um, that Harry actually was scaring the living daylights out of her. You know, he would follow around. He, he started making things disappear, as we know um, uh, spirits can do. Um, yeah. And taking, you know, taking, he took her remote. He took her, uh, I think it was uh, a window fan and everything. And she was blaming her husband at the time. And he kept saying, I didn't take it. I didn't take it. And she was like, there was a lot of things happening. And I remember her calling me saying, um, she goes, I, I don't know what to do. I, I'm starting to feel really weird. There's somebody in my house, but I can't see them. And she goes, and she goes, I think it's coming from this doll that I got recently about two weeks ago. This is, this is when it, all the activity started. And I said, really? I said, well, I, she, I said, why don't you bring him over and, you know, we'll take a look and see what's up. And the next day she brought him over. And as soon as I seen him, I was like, oh, boy, this is it. Yeah, this is him. <laughs> And I put him down on the couch, started talking to her, went upstairs, and my husband, who has no inkling of any sensitivity as far as, like, spirits, comes, walks by the doll, walks by Harry, and says, and walks up to me, and he goes, who's the creepy, oh, he goes, who's the creepy guy on the couch? And I just looked at him, and I just started laughing. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Even somebody who doesn't have an inkling of sensitivity when it comes to spirits even felt him. and so. 
I brought, you know, uh, I told my friend, I said, she wanted a couple of dolls from me. I said, why don't we do a swap? So if you pay me, why don't we just swap them? And so she goes, okay. Well, first she goes, um, let, let me, you know, actually I didn't even tell her then. She was wanting certain dolls. She got in the car with Harry and went home. And on and when she left, I said, you know, I'm going to, instead of her paying, I'll just call her and say, we'll just swap if that's okay. So I called her and she said, she goes, okay, that sounds really good. She goes, um, she goes, I'll bring him over tomorrow. So I said, okay. So she brought him over tomorrow, uh, the next day. Um, when they were sitting in my um, my driveway, uh, I guess her and her daughter, her oldest daughter, which was about 16 or 17 at that time, um, they were they had Harry, and I guess the windows in the car started going up and down, up and down, and. Um, Donna turned around and looked and looked at her daughter and said, "Stop playing with the windows." And she goes, "I'm not touching it." She goes, "Yes, you are. There's nobody else in the car." She goes, "She goes, I'm not touching it." And then she said, she looked at Harry and she said, "The way his his boot or something was, it was literally on the button." And it, she said, it, "There was no way his boot could be, his leg could be on it and have force because you, she has an older car and you have to push that button really hard." And um, she said she, that Harry was making the windows go up and down. She had jumped out of that car, about flipped out, ran, and started knocking on my door really quick. I opened the door, and she threw the doll in my head. She goes, he's scaring the crap out of me. You just take him, you know. And, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And uh, so I traded the dolls. Uh, that night, I actually had them, and I put them in a chair. And um, I think it was like 5 or 6 in the morning. I heard the doorbell ringing, and I and I woke up and I'm like, who is ringing the doorbell this early, you know? And um, I get up and look, nobody's there. I'm like, oh, really? And so I get up and I figure, well, I'm up. I'm going to use the restroom. So while I'm in the restroom, I hear the doorbell ringing again. I'm like, what? And so, you know, I finish and I go and open the door. Nobody's there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Harry, really? I'm in knock off, you know, and and so I get back in bed, and that was the end of that. And then uh, there there was a lot of things he started doing. He he would make uh, my alarm go off at like three or four o'clock in the morning. Well, it wasn't set for that. It was set for like eight o'clock in the morning. And so things like that would happen. I, I remember when he would do that. I could hear the other. Uh, spirited children laughing because they thought it was funny. And yep. so after I would start to turn off the alarm, the alarm would stop, and I'd look at it, and i said, what is it set for? And it's still set for my for what I set it for, but it was going off at, you know, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And so after I t- yelled at Harry to knock it off, I tried to go to sleep. And every time I started to go to sleep, I heard the giggling of all all my spirited dolls laughing at what Harry had pulled his little joke. And so it that woke me up. So I kept hearing the damn giggling till I had to get up and I finally was like I was like pretty irritated at this point. I was like, okay, this is not funny anymore. You know, I, I'm <laughs> sleepy, I'm tired, I have to go to work, you know, and so but he did a couple of things like that. And after that he was he was kind of good, but uh my littlest daughter uh really liked him which was really strange because she doesn't like any toys. She was, she was very different. She just didn't care about having anything except her pillow, which she calls Nini. 
And yeah. But one time she walked up to him. He was sitting on a chair, and I she didn't see me, but she walked straight up to him. And this is a kid that doesn't like toys or dolls or anything, and looked at him eye to eye, turned her head, and started laughing like he told her a funny joke. And I was like, whoa. You know, and so she kept laughing and giggling and looking at him face to face. And I was like, I've never seen this before from her. And um, But she just kept giggling. And I finally walked up and said, what are you doing? And she just kept laughing and looking at him and pointing at him. And I was like, okay, he's, he's humoring her for what, for, you know. So, again, my girls are really good with the dolls and the I should say the spirits of them. And the spirit seems to really like my kids. So they got a jump start on a lot of people because adults will come into my, my doll room and will either love it or get ready to pee in their pants because they're so scared. You know, right. and it's, it's it's hilarious the reactions that you get from a doll or anything that is attached to it. Whether it's a, it has an attachment or not, people are either fearful of it or they love it. It's either one or the other. It's kind of it's kind of like this big, uh, you know, uh, it's one it's one or the other. It's so extreme. It's it's totally funny. Well, when I first got this new doll, Millie, I sat her because I wanted to take all the three kids together. You know. Mm-hmm. So I put her in front, in the middle between Sabrina and Ralphie, and Sabrina was like, get that thing away from me. Hmm. And I'm like, you better be nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, and uh, right. before I, so then she likes, Millie likes my duck. I had a country duck on my table, which is now sitting on the corner end table in the living room here with uh Millie on it with her. She's got the country duck and the two Christmas ducks she likes. And God forbid you try taking the ducks away from her because she cries. Mm-hmm. So she's sitting here now, and, and I tell Sabrina before I go to bed, and you better be nice or you'll go in the closet. <laughs> so the first night I told her that, I just told her to be nice to Millie. Mm-hmm. Not figuring that she would do anything to Ralphie. Well, Ralphie's out here jingling his bell and crying because <laughs> she was picking on him. Oh, so now I took this the clown that I had, Emmett. I took him and I put him between her and Ralphie, and mm-hmm. she don't like the clown either. She's scared of him. I don't know why. He's not spirited. He's just an old clown. A lot and of I got, people are freaked out with just clown dolls. Period. <laughs> but it's very well, I got him when I was a baby. You know, he was going to be 56 years old. He's been with me for almost 56 years now. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, um, there's a funny story about that. When you're done, I'll let you know about the, the clown thing with me and my sister. So, I mean, you know, my daughter, till this day, who's an adult, she would not come into my room or anywhere where that clown was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just She just hates him. Oh, she does. I mean, Ralphie, it doesn't bother him, but Sabrina, she she behaves with he, when he's there. Right. <laughs> well, the story with me and my sister is when we were younger, um, my, my, my mom would put our dolls, she put like a little um, nail on the wall 
and hang our dolls on it. And my sister had this clown doll. It's one of those old dolls that kind of material and has a cone and has one of those plastic faces and they just look kind of creepy. Well, she had one of those. And for some reason, I just did not like this doll when I was when I was little. Um, it just something was not right with it. I just didn't. I just didn't like the doll. And um, one night we were sleeping, and I had this nightmare, or night terror, that the doll had jumped off the the nail, came after me, and was trying to kill me, in my dream. So I'm running away from it, and I'm I'm screaming in my dream. I wake up, and uh, just before the clown gets to me, I wake up to see the doll right above me uh, on the wall that my mom, you know, where she put it. And I just started screaming. And my parents came in and, you know, and was wondering what, what happened, what's wrong. And I and I told them about the clown. I didn't like the clown. And the clown's trying to kill me. And, and they're saying, oh, no, no, you just had a dream. I'm like, no, 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 that clown, he hates me. I, I You know, he's trying to kill me and, and all this stuff. And my mom and my dad were like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, so I was in the living room when, you know, crying and everything. And my sister was up, of course, you know, because of all the commotion. And my dad says, you know, we're going to get to the bottom of it. So he gets the clown, brings it to me, and he says, it's just a doll. And I'm like, no, 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 that clown hates me. He's going to kill me. And my dad said, no, no, no. He goes, it's just a doll. He, He gets my hand, takes it to try to touch the doll. Of course, I go into a scream frenzy. And then my dad's like, oh. I've got to get rid of the clown. And my sister's like, no, who starts crying and, and everything. So they got rid of the clown. And my sister was so mad at me for weeks, wouldn't even talk to me. And uh, and it was funny because, you know, that was always the private joke of me and my sister saying, my sister's the big, you know, doll collector, you know, and I had to get rid of my clown when I was little and da-da-da-da, you know. And I thought, you know, and, and we always kind of laugh and just giggle about it um, when we were adults. But since I, I was a big major doll collector, I said, you know what? I'm going to get that damn clown back for her for her birthday. And I think she was <laughs> going to be 40-something, uh, maybe 42, 43. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go online and try to find this clown. Well, I go online. It took me a while, but I found one. It looked just like <clears throat> the one that she lost, but it was from the 1930s. And um, I thought, oh, this is great. This is perfect. So I bought the clown. I had it shipped to my house because I wanted to clean it up and, you know, uh, make sure it looked nice and add things to it like bells and, you know, ribbons and all that stuff. And uh, she says it was so old. And so I got it. <clears throat> as soon as I got it, I felt a little off about it. I was like, huh. So I just kind of ignored it, <clears throat> tried to sew up a couple holes that it had and add some bells and stuff. And the first stitch, of course, that I did, it popped. And I'm thinking, okay, so I re-knotted it and did it again, popped. And, I'm, and this is like, I kid you not, seven times I did this. And I couldn't even make that first stitch. And I finally said, ah! I said, stop it! I said, you funny man, you think you're so funny? I said, and that's when I, I rebuked it in the name of Christ. And I said, you will stop right now, because I am going to finish this clown if it kills me, you know. So, you know, I... After that, after I, you know, rebuked it, I started to sew it, and it was fine. I sewed it all the way, you know, got, you know, all these ribbons and got these bells and just got it all prettied up and everything, and so I wrapped it up. 
and um, I sent it to my sister, and I said, don't open it until you call me and open it while we're on the phone. So I sent it, and it got there on her birthday, exactly on her birthday. So I was just like, this is perfect. And so she was all excited about opening the, the present. She called me and everything. And all of a sudden, while she's open, I could hear her screaming, oh, you know, I got my crown back in, you know. And she said, this is the best gift. I got a laptop also for my birthday, but the crown is better, you know. So she really loved the crown. And I'd say probably a couple of days later, she called me as I was going to work because I was commuting at that time. So it would take me an hour, to, uh, about an hour to get to work. And right. so she called me one morning and she goes, where'd you get this clown? And I'm like, and I'm driving. I'm like, what do you mean where did I get this clown? I, she goes, where'd you get this clown? Is it haunted? And I said, I said, why do you say that? <laughs> and she goes, did you, get it, did you get it from a haunted location or something? I said, no. I said, I got it from an old lady that that was her clown. You know, she, it was an old clown from the 1930s. She goes, are you sure you didn't get it and it was from a haunted place? I said, no. I said, I got it from an old lady. And she goes, I said, what's wrong? And she goes, and I heard this silence. And I said, I said, Tina, what happened? And she goes, well, she goes, I haven't told anybody because I don't want to look like I'm crazy. And she goes, I was sitting on my computer last night, and I had the clown because she loved him. She had him on her lap while she was typing. And she goes, all of a sudden, she felt this, like, air come from, and, and it sounded like a poofy, like a little fart. She said, yeah. all of a sudden she smelled baby shit. And she said, and I said, <laughs> what? And she goes, she goes, I felt, I felt the air pass from his body onto my leg, and I smelled baby poop. She goes, it freaked me out. I threw the clown across the room. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she goes, I was online, and I had to tell people, I have to go now. I'll talk to you later. She was so embarrassed. She didn't want to tell anybody. She didn't even know whether to tell her husband. You know, she was so embarrassed. And I was just like, I, I, I couldn't help it. I was driving when she told me that. I started laughing. I was like, oh, my God. And I just said, I said, I, I didn't know what to say. I was just laughing so hard. I was like, okay. I said, because I, I was supposed to go in a couple of weeks to go visit her, I said, just do this, and if you have any problems when I get there, I will take care of it, you know. And so when I did go visit her, um, she said she didn't have any more problems because she did what I told her to do. And she goes, and I said, are you sure? Because I can take care of it. Oh, no, no, no. I really like him now. Just leave him alone. And I said, okay. So she has him in the corner. She says, she goes, but it's funny because I get, you know, they have a lot of friends. And a lot of these men that know my sister and her husband, they'll, they'll come in. And they're like big, burly, muscular people. And they're totally terrified of this clown. They won't go near him. They're just like, oh, my God, he's so creepy. Oh, my gosh, you know. And it's it's hilarious how people can react to any doll, especially a clown. But um, that that was our that was our story of the the little creepy clown that uh, my sister got. And um, I actually uh, have a collection of clowns now, and I even got some that look just like hers and even bigger. <laughs> and believe it or not, I've had the same experience. Not him farting on me, but um, <clears throat> when I actually um, was pulling out the stuffing because it was so bad. And it started screaming. It was like a screech. And this was like at night. My husband works midnight shift. So I'm, I'm the only one in the house. This was before the girls and everything started screaming. And I was like, what the hell? Was it? it was coming out of the garbage can. 
And there was I just took the garbage out. So there was nothing in there except stuffing. So there wasn't, I started looking through the stuffing thing. What the hell is that? And I was just <laughs> like, okay, funny man. Uh, I said, we're going to clean you up no matter what. And um, so it, it was funny. After I took that out, I guess he got mad at me. Uh, but he was still with the doll. I did restuff him. I did put some of that old stuffing back. But I did restuff him, cleaned him up and and everything. And he's fine now. He's like, he's good to go. And, you know, he, he was a little mad at me. I guess that's why he screamed, <laughs> you know. But it was really odd. It's something about those old clowns that uh, uh, spirits really love them for some reason. I don't know. Thank God Emmett over here isn't spirited. I don't know. He'd be, he would have been one old spirit. Yeah, but there's no come to come to those uh, fa- uh what do they call them oldies but goodies <laughs> you know well so. there's a there's a sad story about Emmett Kelly um back in the 1940s I don't know if you ever heard about the big circus fire in Hartford Connecticut uh, no I didn't okay there were there was a bunch of people there under the big top and a fire had broke out. And back in those days, they didn't have big, huge buckets and stuff like that like we have today. Mm-hmm. So poor Emmett went and he got two of those wooden buckets full of waters and he's carrying them back. And uh, he saw the big top. It was too late. Mm-hmm. And he just stood there and cried. And they they named that the day the clowns cried. They named it what? The day the clowns cried. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 was horrible. Many many people died in that fire. And That's matter awesome. of fact, there there was a little girl that had died. They named her Little Miss Marker. And finally, they found the family. Um, they exhumed the body and brought the body home with them to be buried where the where her family is at. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, I I went, I visited the memorial site. They is behind an elementary school now, where it used to be a big open field when they had the the circus there. Mm-hmm. And I also visited the cemetery where all the bodies were buried. Mm-hmm. And you would have believed the energy in that cemetery oh. from that. I even at even at the memorial site, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, yep. we've been in a lot of uh, a lot of cemeteries um, and some of our investigations and Victorian homes and <clears throat> um, old places. So I definitely, uh, you know, believe in some of that heavy energy. Um, a lot of a lot of the places that we've gone have had some of that. Uh, what I call it, it almost feels like like you're walking through thick mud water. <laughs> it just it's so heavy. Um, I think the heaviest feeling I've ever felt was probably from demons, though. Um, yep. When I when I attacked uh, for a whole year, um, I would be pinned down to my bed, and um, you know I'd wake up where they were on top of me and pin pinned me down into the bed, and something would be growling next to my face, and it, it almost felt like if I moved, they would bite me or something. But right. I would rebuke them in Christ, and it would take two or three times, and they would 
release me, shoot out the window screaming. Um, and that was probably because the power of God was was around me, coming to me, and they can't be in the same space. And, no, they can't. So there, there's a lot of things. But I've seen also my guardian angels during that time when I was being attacked. Um, I think there was one time uh, they were saying uh, before, you know, when I, that whole year, there were so many different incidences of attacks. I mean, they killed both my familiars because when I got out of witchcraft, you know, that's the first thing is that they went and killed my cats. Um, they looked like they were dipped in some type of waxy substance, and they looked like they were scared to death, both of them. I mean, first it happened to my my oldest cat, which was what I mean, older uh, oldest cat, she wasn't old. She was probably about three years old, and um, and she was in the front yard, and it looked like the hair was standing on end. You know, like when a cat scared, their backs hunched, and kind of like those Halloween cats that you can't yeah. see. Um, and her mouth was open, but she was dead, and it looked like she had been dipped in some oil or something. It was really weird. I'd never seen anything like it. Um, there was no holes, no like it wasn't like somebody ran her over. Nothing. She was in my front yard. Um, yeah. I think it was a couple of weeks later, my other one, the younger one, which was probably about, I don't know, eight months old, same thing on my back, door, uh, my back doorstep was the same thing and uh, mm. scared to death and was this oily substance. And I just, I didn't know what to make out of it. Um, but uh, there was that. Um, there was... Uh, the time before, I'd gotten out a couple of months before Halloween, uh, saw Wayne. And um, they were basically calling me a traitor, a bitch, this, that. Um, that they were going to you know, send somebody to kill my family and all this stuff on Halloween. And just, you know, I didn't know what they were going to do. I, I mean, I didn't know if they were going to, you know, possess us, you know, some serial killer and send them to us. I didn't know what to, to think. And... Um, I was kind of scared. Um, my dad said, don't worry about it. There's not going to be a problem. He goes, I'll come over. I'll spend the night. You know, we'll have spaghetti dinner. We'll watch, you know, a Christian movie and, and you know, watch Ten Commandments. And, you know, that, it'll be fine. We'll put a sign on the door and and um, that you're not going to be celebrating Halloween at all, giving out candy or anything. So that's what we did. He came over and uh, spent the night and, um, and uh, we watched you know, commandments, Ten Commandments, and, you know, had dinner. Um, as was, I was getting ready to go to sleep, it was, I think it was around 10, and we said, you know, my dad prayed with me, and he says, if you, you know, feel scared or anything, just leave your door open and everything. I said, well, I said, I actually feel kind of good. I feel I feel peaceful. So he, um, he said, okay, well, he goes, I'm out here if you need me. So he slept on the couch. I went to lay down, and I remember the, the demons were saying that they were going to come at 12, you know, 12 midnight and all this other stuff. So I went to lay down and close my door and I went to sleep. Well, usually the first couple of hours when a person goes to sleep, they're in a deep sleep. You don't wake up for at least three or four hours. Um, well, I woke up exactly, this is so weird. I woke up exactly at 12 midnight and I went to bed at, you know, a little after 10. And right. the funny thing is, is, this is a this is really wild. I don't know how people are going to take it, but I woke up and I smelled blood and 
I looked I looked to see what what you know what was you know what was going on and I looked at the walls and I seen blood on the walls and I looked around and I looked to my left and I seen this huge enormous guardian angel um she looked like she had like this light bulb inside her skin because she was so white and and iridescent it it just kind of glued she just kind of glowed it was so bright she had this long golden like gold hair and huge dress wings and everything and she was sitting by my side and she said to me um don't be afraid um this is the blood on the walls are the uh, the blood of the lamb that covers you, it protects you. It's Jesus, it's Christ. So, you know, who died for our sins. And what it brought back to me is in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it talks about the angel of death going through Egypt, you know, to kill the firstborn of every human and animal. And um, the Hebrews knew, or the Jewish people knew, to put uh, the Lamb of God um, on their doors and their doorways so the angel of death would pass. So it yes, was and that, that scene is also in the Ten Commandments. Right. So, so you know, it could have pl- kind of played right there that, you know, you just watched the Ten Commandments and then all of a sudden that happened. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think uh, Christ, and, and it really is, Christ, you know, when you talk about the, the Bible, it does talk about the main, the reason why that was happening, the, the Lamb of the Blood, was basically Christ. It was everything, all the sacrifices were to point towards Christ at that time. And that actually, um, that his blood covers you, it protects you, you know, against all evil and all that is against, you know, God, you know, the main, you know, God of everything. So when those demons were talking about they're going to come and get me, da-da-da-da-da, all this other stuff, that what God was showing me, no. You know, I'm the creator. You know, this is my guardian. This is your guardian angel that I sent to you. My blood covers you and your family. And that's what, so when I seen that and the angel told me that, I was okay. I was peaceful. You know, I, I, I turned around, went to sleep, and that was the end of that. I didn't have any problems that night. You know, like the demons were trying to scare me and freak me out. And um, so it was, you know, not only have I seen demonic um, activity that happened with me within that year, I'd also seen a lot of power from Christ and the angels around me that protected me against all this stuff that I stuck myself into <laughs> in the beginning, you know, that had actually uh, happened. So the power of, you know, um, of God and, and the demons was amazing to me. And right. towards, you know, and that's why to this day, you know, I try to help people with their issues if they have any, you know, um, occult problems. You know, there's only so much I can do with people. All I can tell them is my experience and then what I suggest that they can do. If they don't believe in Christ or if they don't believe in that, there's nothing really I can do. You know, um, it's, you know, I think each person has to do what's best for them. And, I, you know, I don't say that I'm right, they're wrong. No, you know, it's it's just this is what works for me. This is what is for me, you know. Everybody else has to make their own choices, you know, but, um, you know, I do my best when people come to me with occult problems, 
you know, and just basically tell them from my experience. And um, I would say probably uh, 40% of people will listen and will do my suggestions and it helps. And then the 60%, they can't because they believe in in other things. Or um, I've even had some that were atheists that, you know, um, that, you know, couldn't uh, do it. And there's not much I can really do, you know. I mean, you have to kind of find your own way at that point, you know. I just can only, you know, all I can do is just, you know, from my experience is try to help them with what I know, basically. So. Well, I try to steer people in the right way, too. It's just, you know, like the the people that I was living with in Connecticut, um, she had a very, very black aura around her, and you could see it. And uh, Darlene heard her go off on the phone, over the phone. You know, I was talking to Darlene on the phone, and this, this woman, she was like a maniac. And when she went off, her her whole facial features would change. And, you know. So like she was like possessed. Yeah. I mean, it was beyond psychotic. It was beyond bipolar, um, she just wasn't her. Right, right. Because some days she would be very good. She would talk about being a Southern Baptist and, you know, she was all gung-ho on going back to church. And then when, you know, it came time to go to church, she's like, no, I think I'm just going to relax. You know, she had an excuse. Because mm-hmm. I was going to go to a Baptist church with her, and I was literally going to see her reaction. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see. Right. You know, because I, nobody acts like that. Just nobody ever, ever acts like that. And there, I mean, she, her ex-boyfriend was into black magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, her ex-husband was into black magic. Matter of fact, he wanted to, uh, he asked me Thanksgiving time if I wanted a a Necronomicon. I'm like, no, I sure (laughs) don't. (laughs) No. And I mean, you could just feel between her and him just the heaviness around, you know? It was total heaviness. It's hard when and, people are into that. I mean, because they do. I mean, they they draw these these entities that come to them because of what they're into at the time, and it's and it's hard to get rid of them. And and where you have dark spirits come to you, then you start getting demons coming to you. And when you start getting demons, there is the possibility of getting possessed. And and this is after you know. Sometimes it can happen real quick, and other times it takes. Um, a long period of time of being around that, you know, that it actually starts to attach to you. And it starts with them trying to, uh, you know, change your your mannerisms, you know, and try to control your mannerisms. It's not even possession yet, but things start to happen to you. Um, Well, whatever this was, it was in and out of her. It wasn't with her all the time. It was in and out of her. Um, the first day that I arrived at the house to move in with them, and I went there to take care of their small two-year-old child, mm-hmm. and she took me up to the room in the attic, which was mm-hmm. my room, all right? 
So mm-hmm. she's telling me now the bed I'm supposed to be sleeping in, her aunt used to stay in that room, and the bed, because um, this was her aunt's house, and the bed shook violently at 5 o'clock in the morning, so her aunt left the house never to return, and they had seen a little boy on the bed with brown hair and socket eyes just sitting there. She says, but when I yelled at him, he cried and went away. Are you saying he had, like, black black eyes? He didn't have black eyes. He had no eyes. He had sockets. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then we're just sitting there at the dinner table eating one night. Her husband had gone to work, and she had the night off from work. We're sitting there. All of a sudden, she looks at me. And she says, you know, I used to be a serial killer in my past life. I'm like, oh, really? I says, like, who were you? You know, Jack the Ripper or the Boston Strangler. I want to know who I'm dealing with. Who were you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And she goes, right. no, I'm serious. I used to be a serial killer. I'm like, oh, that's nice. So, I mean, you know, I don't know where she's coming from. I don't want to know where she's coming from. Right. All, all as I know is she's just not right. And I stayed with that family from June until the beginning of December for that little boy, what I went through and what I endured, a person like me would be in a nut house, really. Right. You know, I guess it was like the strength of God. God had to give me the strength. Right, right. You know? Yeah, sometimes, I mean, like I said, it's, to me it sounds like there was possession over that this lady because, <clears throat> I mean, it's it's something that's very, very obvious. It starts off not as strong, and then it progresses and progresses and progresses. And um, they don't always show their face, um, but they're possessing that person. So you were saying how it goes in and out. You know, yep. um, there'll be times that you see the face of this demon, and then other times it hides, but it's always there. I mean, I bet you, you know, that she probably couldn't even walk into a church without getting really sick. Um, I know from personal experience, because when I got out of the cult, I um, had some... I, I had been possessed myself, which is something I don't really like talking about. And um, and I couldn't go to church. It made me really sick. Um, well, daylight, she, sick. she had turned around and told me one night she was, like, really scared that something was going to happen to her. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I knew what she was getting at. So I said to her, do you mind if I hang a cross in your room? So I hung a cross in her room above the baby's crib while his playpen. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, she woke up. She couldn't go to work because she was sick. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that baby used to be up screaming all night long. Scre- I mean, blood-curdling screaming. Wow. And then even her husband, his face, he started to get really nasty with me. And his face was changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he came busting in my room one time and called me a bitch, and I, I'm going to have you evicted and this and that. And I'm like, really? Wow. You know? All right. I went through a lot with them, a lot. 
I don't think I would have stood that there that long with that. It just sounds like a mess. Too bad that I did it for the baby, and when I got the chance, I called uh, the child abuse people on them. Good, that's good. Because I would say I can't even imagine having a baby in that mess. I mean, it just that's just awful. Well, I knew I was going to leave, be leaving there. Didn't know where I was going, but I was leaving there as soon as my money came in, and. Uh, okay. I had to do something. I had to protect that baby, so that's the only way I could figure to protect him. Right, right. Well, that was, you know, that the, was a good thing. Yeah. I had to. I, I had uh, no choice. You did the right thing. I mean, yeah, definitely did the right thing because they couldn't stay. A baby, an innocent baby couldn't stay in that type of environment. I mean, it would well, be I, a, I, a time that that baby would probably wind up dead, actually, being subjected to people that were in, you know, practicing satanic occult and, you know, with possession. And, I mean, that's just a classic right there for, you know. Um, well, she's got, two older, she's got two older boys that live with the father. They'll live with her ex-husband. Now, the ex-husband, right, no, the husband that she was with was the one that was into the satanic stuff? Or no, her ex-husband and her ex-boyfriend. Oh, my goodness. Sounds like a so big she, mess. It, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible, I mean. Um, it sounds like she's attracted to those type of people. I had cleansed the whole upstairs and <clears throat> sprayed, sprayed it down with holy water, and she eventually stopped coming up into the attic. Oh, that's a good thing. <laughs> I used I used to hibernate up there. That was my safety <laughs> zone. You know, I didn't want to deal with any foolishness. And it totally throws salt all over your upstairs and your doorway. <laughs> no, I even blessed the baby too. So you know, that's good. Yeah. So I had to do stuff when neither one of them were there. Right. Which I did, but you know, I I still to this day worry about that baby. I don't know if the state took him. I'm praying to God that they took him mm-hmm. away from her. It's so sad when you see children in an environment, any type of environment that is not good, healthy at all, and that could really he, hurt them. He was two years old, and he didn't even talk. Because they keep them locked in a room all day in front of watching Mickey Mouse and all that. And this is how they lived. And this is what they believed should happen with the baby. This is how you take care of a baby. Yep. Yep. And when when they both worked, I used to take him out and we used to play and I taught him how to say a couple words, you know. But I, I, for my own safety, uh, I felt my life was in danger being around her. And I imagine she's even worse now. <laughs> yeah, unless you got some help, which I don't know. Yep. <clears throat> well, we're down to time here, Cherie. Yes, I see. And I'm glad you came on again. Well, thank you, you for having me again. I really enjoyed it. No, no problem. And like I said, Kevin Kane will be coming on on the 25th, so you're 
more than welcome to call back in if you'd like. Oh, yes. He's one of my um, admins. He's a great person. He came to our Kirby Dolls uh, party last year, and he is just the biggest sweetheart. Yeah, I haven't talked to him on the phone or anything, but he seems like he's a really, really nice guy. He is. He's very, very sweet and a great writer. So can't wait till his show. It's going to be great. All righty, sweetie. Thank you. And I'm going to say goodnight to everybody and thank everybody in the chat room. Uh, we had a really great conversation going on there. We had uh, some wacko in there talking about um, direct energy weapons. Direct energy weapons. Hmm. Yes, he told me to okay. Google them. Oh, okay. And, and Google the V2K. His name is Scott Fulbright. Don't know where he came from. I have no <laughs> idea. Well, that's interesting. Something yeah. to actually Google. <laughs> but he wanted me to warn everybody that direct um, energy weapons is basically it's the energy coming out of the microwave. Oh, yeah. You got that? From microwave, okay. Right. <laughs> well, that, that is, okay. Well, energy really, even when stuff's cooking, you shouldn't really be in front of it anyway. <laughs> right? I put my stuff in there and walk away and go sit down. Uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to say goodnight to everybody, and thank you, Cherie, once again for being here. Anytime, anytime. Just let me know anytime you want me on, and I'll be here. All right, sweetie, thanks. Good night, everybody. Good night.